Good morning. Welcome to Bethel. Bienvenidos. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Ladies' Day. We celebrate all the ladies. You can have a seat this morning. We are so glad that you're with us. Man, anytime that we have a special day for women, I always think about this woman in the Bible. She's really famous, and she's called the Proverbs 31 woman. She doesn't even have a name. She's Proverbs 31 woman. But she's, like, perfect. She does everything right. And I just, one of the verses says, her children rise and call her blessed. I wish we had a little bit more information on this chapter. Because one of my questions is, how often did they do that? Was it like one time they got up and said, hey, mom, you're amazing? Or was it every day that they told her she was a blessing? And like, when does that happen? Like, when do I need to start expecting that, right? So Jordan and I were talking and we're like, we don't always feel like that Proverbs 31 woman. And so we thought, you know, we're more Proverbs 32, which is just, you know, maybe a mess. So we kind of wrote what we thought maybe Proverbs 32 woman would be, a woman just trying to make it through the day. Who can find just five minutes of quiet? That would be more precious than gold. <laughs> she rises early in the middle of the night, cleaning throw up out of her hair. She starts her day off strong, downing two shots of espresso. She throws on leggings with messy bun on point. She frantically searches Pinterest for the perfect meal that her kids will never eat. Nope, they're not going to eat it. No, She hides in the closet eating Easter candy, just praying no one finds her. (laughs) She starts the washing machine for the third time with high hopes that this time she'll remember before the mildew sets in. Yep, we've all done it, right? We've all done it. She folds the fitted sheet with zeal into a wadded ball of confusion. After all this, her children still love her and always run to her in times of need. She needs Jesus every single day, and it's through him that she can succeed. Okay, yeah, that Proverbs 32 woman, disclaimer, we're not adding to God's word, okay? Don't, no hate mail here. We're just trying to show that we need Jesus to get through every single day. And Yes, and so... Um, You do all the work and then they want dad. That's what she said. Um, So so whether you're a Proverbs 31 woman or more like a Proverbs 32, we're so glad you're here. We have so many visitors with us this morning and we'd love to connect with you. The best way to do that is by going to our website, which is mybethel.cc slash connect. And right there, there's space for you to fill out your information. And we would love to see how we can serve you better. If you're in the building with us today, you can look on the seat back in front of you and it has a way um, that we can connect with you as well. Well, this morning we're going to start a brand new series. It's called Voices, and all of us have voices that we are listening to, and actually one of the biggest influences in all of our lives is our mother. Whether it was a good or bad relationship, we all listen, and we all carry our mom's voice around with us. So this morning from now, Mother's Day to Father's Day, we're going to be talking about the biggest influences in our lives. And so this morning, we're going to start out with the voice of anxiety. Now, if you're a mom or your dad or you're just human, we all deal with worry and anxiety, and we're going to work through how we can turn that anxiety into peace. Let's get started. I'm back. Welcome. 
Well, this morning we are going to start, um, I'm going to start by introducing my wife, Christy. I actually, every year at Mother's Day, I love to have a woman speak, because who better to speak on Mother's Day than a mother herself? And so I asked Christy to come and join me, so she's going to actually share um, with us this morning, uh, along with me, about anxiety. Well, really, he couldn't get any other mother to come up here. That is right? true. That is true. <laughs> Every other mother said no. So, <laughs> so and before we kind of go any further, um, I always have to acknowledge that this, this day is super special, but it's also a really difficult day for a lot of people. I was on Facebook for only like 30 seconds this morning, and in that time, I saw so many emotions. I saw celebration and happiness, and I saw grief and sorrow and sadness, mm. and so... I know that this can be a really happy day, but I know that if you want to be a mom and you're not, it's a hard day. I know if you've lost a child, it's a really hard day. I know if you've lost your mom, it's a hard day. I know if you're having a um, hard relationship with your child or your mom, it, it can just be a really hard day when things aren't perfect. And so I just want to acknowledge that, that no matter what you're going through today or how you're feeling, I want you to know you're not alone, that there's people around you and here and uh, we just don't want you to feel like you're alone in that journey. So as we start this series, as Christy and I were talking through this and kind of thinking through, okay, so what are some of the big things that we listen to? The, the question we kept asking ourselves, so when you make a decision or when you're walking through life, like what are you listening to or who are you listening to? And, and over the next seven weeks, we're actually going to be walking through this, like, okay, which voices are the heaviest in our lives and ha what helps us make the decisions that we make on a daily or a weekly basis? And, and the truth is, some voices are so quiet, we need to turn them up. Some voices are so loud, we need to turn them on or turn them down or actually turn them off. Well, and the mother is a voice. Yeah. It's like, listen to your mother, right? Mother knows best. And it's like, we learn that a little late in life sometimes, right? It's like, Eventually really? you will say, yes. my mom was right. Oh, oh, she was right. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, That's right. So, that's right. Yeah. Well, today we're going to talk uh, about a, a topic that all of us are dealing with, which is the topic of anxiety or worry. It be, it's become kind of like a, a word that's being used a lot in our days. There's a lot of things that bring us stress or bring us anxiety, like our work or possibly our relationships or possibly money, uh, love, maybe our careers. Uh, there's a lot of things that bring stress and anxiety in our lives. Finances are, are one of them. Yeah. You know, having little kids are another one. There's a whole list of anxieties that all of us experience. And sometimes women, we're talking about women today, we have a list of anxieties that are different than men. And, you know, we maybe carry things in a different way and feel responsible for children in a different way or for the family and the home. So maybe it's not always the same stresses. Well, it's weird because when Christine and I got married, we found out real quick the difference between maybe a woman and a man, or maybe it's just her it's and just me, us. maybe it's just us, mm -hmm. I don't know. But I can lay down at night, and I can put my head on the pillow. And I actually five, do this. four, three, and he's gone. And he's gone. Like, he doesn't even make it to five, and I can just lay there for hours. <laughs> and so just Christy thinking. just, like, processes and thinks, and she just can never fall asleep. And I wake up in the morning, hey, how'd you sleep? She goes, not good. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but maybe that's a difference between all of us. We have, maybe some of us can sleep and some of us can't. Right. And sometimes it's because of the anxiety, right? So what's life like as a mother? Well, life as a, life as a mother is not always peaceful, right? And I want to feel at peace. And I don't know how you find peace. We all find it in different ways. Sometimes for me, it's like eating the chocolate frosting right out of the can. And that's what I want to do. And that that's true. peace. I've done it before. And um, sometimes it's like just taking a nice long bubble bath and just peaceful, just all to yourself. 
If you have little ones, maybe it's like four hours of sleep, like consecutive sleep. It's like, oh, yeah, I slept for four hours last night. Or maybe going to the bathroom without little fingers under the door, just like alone for once, for once. Yeah, (laughs) but peace looks different um, depending on what stage of life that you're at. I remember the first time you ate a hot meal. You were like, what in the world? like, oh, my goodness, my food's hot. It burnt my mouth because it's like when your kids are little, when your kids are little, you're always, and by the time you sit down, it's like, oh, okay. So the bottom line is all of us have a desire to experience that's happiness, kind of contentment, delight, enjoyment. I don't think anybody is saying, oh, today I want to be stressed out, discouraged, and right. depressed. I don't, I don't think anybody ex- right. wants, has a desire to experience that. And yet so often we allow these emotions, these exterior uh, situations or circumstances affect our deep-rooted emotions. So we, we want to have peace and joy, and yet our circumstances push us to have kind of misery. And we actually feel like life is really difficult and we don't have much peace. Well, so, we've, we've been looking at Philippians for a couple months now, several right. months, and it's like a, such a small book, and there's so much good stuff in there. And today we're continuing in Philippians 4, and man, the verses we're going to read today have just some really good, Paul just has such good advice for us. And I, if you've ever read through scripture, especially, I don't know when you read scripture, either it's early in the morning or maybe late at night, and you're reading along, and you're not really paying attention, like the words are there, but it's like nothing's computing. I want you to think about this verse, because we're going to get to verse 7, and there is a moment that makes us go, what, what, back up, can you read that again? Because right. it's a promise that like, Paul makes here. Where's my pencil? i got to right. highlight this. Right. right. And we're going to start in Philippians 4, 7 today, and it says, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So he says then. Right. So it seems like there was something that I would experience. Like it says, then you will experience God's peace. And I think about the word peace as kind of like contentment or relaxation or possibly, you know, being at ease. And, and the, the word content is described in the dictionary as a state of happiness but when I think about the Christian life and maybe life as a mother or a father or just a, just a person that's walking this, this earth, we really don't experience a whole lot of contentment, a whole lot of happiness. Well, I couldn't, when I heard the word peace, I couldn't think about, okay, so we're really plugging The Chosen here. If you haven't started watching the show, The Chosen, watch the chosen. we love it. Download and, the app. Watch The Chosen. Okay. It's good. Okay. And so the thing about it that you see it's a part of jewish culture that we don't often remember it's not new to me but i remember that every time they greet each other they say shalom which means peace be with you and i i thought that is so beautiful what would happen if every conversation we started every like interaction whether it be in a store with your spouse or with a friend that no matter what was going on before we got started we said hey peace you know, whatever we're gonna, happening right here, I just want you to know that I want peace for you. Can you imagine how different life would be if so we just popped in my way? head our little kids. Like if we're about to get into a disagreement, uh, peace. Math peace. homework, peace. You peace know, it's over like, the math homework. Algebra, <laughs> peace. Yes, I mean, that would be amazing. So, so I wonder what the magic answer is. Like how are we actually going to experience this peace, this joy that is overwhelming, how in the world as a mother, as a parent, as, a, as just a person, as an employee, how are we going to experience peace? Well, I love that the verse says we can, yeah. and I want to know how. Like, how can we get to a place where with our family and with our friends, we do have peace? So the word then makes us ask the question, how? 
And so if it says then, there must be something else above that we can look at. Right. And so, so we're going to, yeah, let's, let's go back. Let's look further up. up in Philippians, and it's going to tell us what comes before the then. And so Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Hmm. Really, Paul? Really? You know, don't hmm. worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. There's so much in this verse. Well, it's like, okay, you think about worry, and there's another word for worry, which is anxiety. And, and if you think about it, think about the context of how Paul is writing this. He is not sitting at a resort with a margarita in his hand, with a palm branch waving at him. He is actually in prison. He is tied to a Roman soldier for 24 hours a day. He, has, he doesn't know if he's going to be released. He doesn't know if he's going to have freedom. He's sitting in a prison cell that's dark and wet, and he does not have a future. And he says, don't worry about anything. And you're like, huh? How in the world am I not going to worry about anything? I don't know if I'm ever going to see my friends again. This right. does not make sense. It's kind of like telling a new mom, right. hey, you're not going to get any sleep for about six months. Don't worry. Maybe, maybe till they're 18, you're not going to get any yeah, sleep. No I don't worry about that. Akuna don't worry about that. Akuna Matata. Akuna right? Matata, yeah. No it's like, or, or like to Austin, he has three little girls now. And it's like, hey, Austin, dude, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the, the being outnumbered. That's no big deal. Don't worry. Don't stress. I mean... What was Paul thinking here? Well, and I think we have to remember that this word worry is more than concern because we need to be concerned about things. Yes, we need to be concerned that we have a home and that we have food and we, we need to be concerned right. to have a plan. But worry is just like overtaking emotion where you can't even function and like the out of control feeling. It's that like feeling that moves into almost depression, like it's never going to get better. It's those sleepless nights and the tossing and turning and not understanding the turmoil that's all around us. And what, what happens is eventually that worry begins to affect our very soul because it's external. And if we don't watch it, it'll begin to process into our very souls. Well, and I've never met anyone who came up to me and said, you know what? I worry and it's helped me so much. Everything changed. Yeah, I just worried so much and everything got better. I got no. this little ulcer from this worry. It was yeah, amazing. I had bags under so my good. eyes. I haven't slept in two weeks. Like, people <laughs> don't say that because worry, it doesn't produce anything good in our life. And Paul gives us a solution right here in this verse. And he's like, pray. When you're worried, <laughs> that seems too simple. Pray. The thing that 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 I thought about when I saw this was when something bad is happening in our life, or when we have bad news, we like to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like if you if you eat a restaurant and you had bad service, you're gonna tell somebody. Have you right? been on Yukon Happenings lately? Yep, The Rock. You guys all heard oh, about yeah. The Rock, mm -hmm. right? So okay. so if something if you're upset, you're gonna talk about it. You're gonna talk about it to your husband and your girlfriends and your neighbors and your mom. You're going to talk about it to everybody around you. But sometimes we don't talk to God about it. He is the actual only one that can do something about our worries. He can heal us. He can help us. He can give us what we need, and we skip him altogether, and we just want to worry with everybody else. Well, it's like a trigger. You know, when you get triggered by something. You hear something. You smell something. You see something. You get triggered. And a lot of us with worry, when worry comes on, it triggers us to panic. And we begin to say, oh, man, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix this? And what Paul is saying is don't let your worry trigger panic. Actually let it trigger prayer. And if it would trigger prayer, we could head down a different path. So does your anxiety trigger panic or does it trigger prayer? That's Man, what he's asking. And it's honestly, it usually is the panic, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, God, how do we do this? 
let's talk to him. Let's tell him what we're worried about. Let's tell him. He knows already. We can't hide for him. He's just waiting for us to come to him and so tell there's, him. So there's triggers. There's actually symptoms of worry. And some of the times I think about, okay, so, so when I know worry is coming, I can kind of, mm-hmm. I can either feel it right. or I can see it or I know that something's going to happen or I'm dreading a conversation. Right. So what are some of the things that trigger or what are some of the symptoms of our worry? Well, first of all, there's triggers, which are things that, whether from past experience, whether it's smells or places or things that you know is going to set you off. So you can be ready for that and know those. And then there's like physical things that happen, um, whether it's a migraine or you can't sleep or I have tightness in your chest. I have a friend who her fingers go numb when she gets stressed. Like it has a physical effect on your body. And knowing those can actually be like a warning sign, like, okay. I, I, I'm, what am I supposed to, oh, I'm supposed to go to God with this. I'm supposed to be talking to him about this. I'm not supposed to be worrying about this. So um, Christy had this like uh, eye twitch um, several years ago, <laughs> and it was like twitch, 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 twitch. Hey, Brady, you see it? You see it? For twitch, months, twitch, 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 my twitch. eye twitched. And so and she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, it's you're stressed. stressed. <laughs> it's like, you're stressed. I'm like, well, no, I need a pill. She goes, I'm not. <laughs> oh, <No>. nice. <laughs> I was like. I'm just joking. She's like, I'm not stressed about anything and he goes tell me about what's going on right now and she listed the stuff and he goes yeah you're stressed. I just moved from another country and I like right. this and he's like I think you're stressed so, <laughs> so, so anyway. it causes this so Paul tells us okay pray and then he follows it up with be thankful and it's like okay I gotta pray and then I gotta be thankful it's like I've got to have some gratitude and dependence on God and so I mean, acknowledging the source of good, which is God, acknowledging that not everything is bad. It's like making a list of things you can be grateful for or be thankful for. It's kind of interesting that he is putting us in our minds, prayer, and then resting in God's goodness. So that's the second thing that he asks us to do. Well, the whole, this whole thankfulness and the word is gratitude. It's we can choose gratitude. Like no matter what we're going through, we can decide to learn to give thanks no matter what's going on. Um, I, we've kind of been trying to do, I talked a lot last year about get a journal out, write it down. Even if things are going horrible and you find yourself right. in depression, write out the good things, write out your blessings. Um, we got a little jar at our house that we call the gratitude jar, you know, write something good that's going on in our life. Um, send a thank you note to a friend. Sometimes you're like, I have nothing good going on in my life. Look at others and start telling thank you to people around you, but you've got to start filling your mind with the positive things. Did you wake up today? Yes. Thank you, God, for waking me up today. Boop, put it in the jar. Just like making a list. So it's easy for us to get focused on what we don't have, the things that are hard, the things that are overwhelming, the things that make us complain instead of be thankful. And so we need to switch it around from ingratitude to gratitude. Well, and it's almost like this gratitude is a life preserver because we're drowning in just so many pressures. And when we start being grateful, it can pull us up. So it's almost like a switch that happens. It's like you have to be intentional. You can't just let it go. You have to be intentional about getting triggered differently. Right. It reminds me of like reflexes. Like I have really good reflexes for some reason. Um, So like, you know, when you go to the doctor and you cross your leg and they hit your knee with that little hammer, it's like, I'm really good at it. It's like one thing I'm good at. I I have really good reflexes. I'm like, She's kicked a bunch of doctors. Yes. Or like when you're in the car and you're driving and you slam on your brake and you're like, do this. Does anyone do that? No one's there, but you're just like sometimes saving I'm there. the seat. Well, someone's there sometimes. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's just automatic. You don't even think about it. And how amazing would it be if we could get to a place where we just gratefulness and thankfulness was just automatic. Right. Just like, you know what? I'm not going to focus on the negative. I'm not going to look at the. I'm just going to be grateful. Just like an automatic response. It could, it could change our lives. 
And if we want to avoid like this depression, the bitterness, the anxiety, fear, we have to develop this thankful heart. And when you think about, okay, so when you think about prayer and then you think about gratitude or thankfulness, what are those two things together? Those two things together is actually worship. And so what Paul is calling us to do is not to worry, but he's calling us to worship. And so he wants us to exchange our worry for worship. Now back to the verse that we read first. This is verse 7. Then, so if you have your Bibles, just circle that word then, it says you will experience. It's an actual experience, God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love this. He wants this for us. Yeah. Like he's like, guys, I want you to have peace. I don't want you to, to live in turmoil. I want you to experience this peace. And we were reading this um, scientific article last week, and it was right. talking about how when your, your mind, the worry part of your mind can only do one thing at a time. And so if we stop worrying and start worshiping, it, the worship takes over that spot for that moment. It like kicks it out. Right. And, and, like trans and I, I've actually it, yeah. done that before. Like if I've been overwhelmed to get in the car and I just turn on Caleb or worship music really loud and I'm just like, okay, we got to replace Some it. of us need something a little darker, a little heavier, like, like, like NF or something. Like I don't know. Music. Yeah, like, I mean, you never know. <sighs> okay. Anyway, okay. So, so really what's happening in this verse, it says it, basically what Paul is saying, then God will turn your panic into peace. That's a promise that he's made. He will turn your panic into peace. And this peace is supernatural. It's something we can't describe, we can't explain, we'll not be able to, to, to actually put words to it. Some people have said it's kind of like a great weight being lifted off your shoulders. And other people have described it as being blindfolded and then the, the blindfold being taken off their, their eyes or an overwhelming sense of joy, an overwhelming sense of peace. The thing is, there's a caveat. Right. And it's not like I can just go along and worry all the time. It says actually as you live in Christ Jesus. And so it's tied to my relationship as I'm following Jesus. So as I live and follow Jesus, then he'll turn my panic into peace. So we have some responsibility here. Right. It's like, I will give you peace, but you have to be connected to me. Like yeah. we have to be in his word. We have to be faithful to him. He's like, I want to give you peace, but you've got to be connected to me. Right. So in verse 8, this is your favorite verse yeah, this since, is, since we've been married. This is one of Christie's favorite verses. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We don't have a lot of time to dig into every single one of those words, but the idea that they all have in common is they're all good, positive things. And that's what God wants us to focus on is the positive, the uplifting things, and fill your mind with that. And so that I word, fix your thoughts, sometimes can also be thought of as like meditate. Right. And I know that word kind of scares people like, oh, I don't want to do yoga. But, but to think about if you can worry, which is turning something over and over and over in your mind, you can meditate. But you meditate on these good things Instead of the so back. meditation in a biblical way is not emptying your mind. It's actually filling your mind. So if you can imagine this, Pastor Ruben uh, told me about a, a jar. If you have a jar full of water 
and you put a rock in it, and you keep putting rocks in that jar of water, the water will actually overflow because water and rocks can't stay in the same place. And that's just like us. We need to actually eliminate the negative in our lives in order to elevate the positive. So we have to replace those things that are negative in our lives, those negative emotions with positive ones. And so meditation is the way to do it. We can't fill our minds with both. We have to choose one or the other. Well, then verse 9 this is one of my favorites. Keeping, uh, keep putting into practice. So if you have a Bible, you can circle the word practice. Practice makes perfect, right? right? All that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then, there's that word then again, the God of peace will be with you. I love this verse because I love the word practice and I love the word learn. He's saying, okay, you don't have to, this isn't overnight. It's right. not like everything's going to be perfect every night and here you go, here's your peace. Well, this is he's, a marathon. He's saying you have to practice at it. And it can be learned. When I see the word learned, it's like, okay, so there's hope. It's not like I'm just going to be perfect at it right now, right. but it's something I can continue to work on and get better at. And my reflexes will get better. And I, it's something we can learn. We talk about uh, here at Bethel that it's a progress, not perfection. And a lot of people think, oh, I got to be perfect. I got to come in with a halo on my head and float in the door, and I got to sing Kumbaya and holy, holy, holy. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul is actually saying, I'm in a process of practicing what it means to follow Jesus. And so it's like a marathon. You don't just go tomorrow and run 26 miles. If some of you can do that, that's amazing. That's a supernatural gift. Most of us have to do a step at a time, a jog at a time, a run at a time. And it takes us a long time to build up that muscle. So what I see in this verse is that God says, my practice turns into his presence. Do you understand that? I mean, he said the God of peace will be with you. First, in verse 7, it says, then the peace that overwhelms us will come, like this over supernatural peace. It's a feeling, but then it's also a person. You'll actually get there. It's external and internal experience. So I don't know what you'd rather have. I don't know if you'd rather have just that emotion of peace, or would you have, like to have the person of peace? I want them both. I want it all. And you can. <laughs> this is the thing. These four verses say is that we can have them both. They're both available to us. So the God of the experience and the experience itself is both available. Right. And here's where the key is, is putting into practice what he's taught us. Turning worry into worship. God will turn your panic into peace. And then eliminating the negative thoughts, adding the positive thoughts. So peace is always elusive. It seems elusive when we think about it. And there's time when worry takes over our lives, and there's times when we get depressed with it. And the voices in our heads, they scream really loud, and they tell us to keep us, and they kind of lie to us and tell us that we're worthless and that we're nothing. Those voices, if we're not careful, we'll listen to them, and they will overwhelm us. Right. I think that we've all been guilty of listening to those overwhelming, just really lies. The yeah. voices are trying to discourage us, and they, we hear restless voice that tells us, you're failing as a parent. You're no good at this. What do you think you're doing? Hmm. Or we hear a voice that tells us, you're never going to get it together. Uh, you've messed up again. How many times are you going to do this? We hear the voice that tells us you're worthless. We hear the voice of shame. And then there's another voice, and it's a quieter voice. And you have to fine-tune your ear. And this is a voice that calls you to freedom. Hmm. And this is a voice that calls you to love. And this is a voice that calls you to peace. Sometimes we just need to look in the mirror and speak to ourselves. Sometimes we got to look in the mirror and remind ourselves whose we are. Right. Sometimes we have to preach to ourselves in the mirror because our soul sometimes is so far off path that we got to remind it, hey, you're not your own. You've been bought. 
You're Jesus, you're God's, you're his creation, and he actually has given you purpose, and he has given you a peace that passes all understanding. Sometimes we need a reminder that God has entrusted us right. with these little ones, right. and if he wouldn't have entrusted us with them, he, he's actually going to give us the power and the wisdom to get through it. His sometimes, promises are bigger than those other voices. Right? Sometimes we just got to command our soul to trust. That's really what it comes down to. So today we have an opportunity to listen to the voices in our head, mm -hmm. the voices that are telling lies, or we can listen to the voice of truth. Who do, who do you think you are? Who do you say you are? And who does God say you are? Which I voice are you listening to? I know that we all want peace. I've never met anybody that's like, yeah, I don't want that. No, it's something we all desire. We want the peace to be in our lives. We want the peace to be evident in our lives. So in order to do that, let's practice worship. Let's practice being grateful and let's practice prayer. Let's practice being in his presence so his presence can be with us. I want us to enjoy peace and I want, I want us to experience his presence. We want to pray for you this morning. Let's pray. God, this morning it is a privilege to know you and God that you would even think of us, that you'd be mindful of us. It's amazing. God, this life throws all sorts of anxiety and all sorts of distractions our way. And yet the God of peace has called out to us and called us by name and told us who we are. Jesus, I want to thank you for that day that you came and you lived a perfect life on this planet and you, dis and you connected the spiritually disconnected. Those of us that were far from you, you connected us to the Father and we are so grateful for that. Jesus, I pray that this morning you would draw people to yourself and that we would exchange this worry for worship, that we would exchange this panic for your presence. And this morning, God, we have an opportunity to tell you who you are and who we are. We love you. We are grateful for Jesus. We're grateful for that day that you called us out of the grave and you gave us a new name. Now this morning, God, I pray that in the, in the congregation today, that your peace would be so real, tangible, knowing that the God of peace and the experience of peace is there. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, so that was a good day, right? Um, we're so glad that you're here to celebrate with us today. You guys, as you leave today, let's remember the power of prayer and let's turn our worry into worship. We can change our life, guys. Let's not sit in a place where God doesn't want to, okay? Um, please, women, as you leave today, we have flower bouquets for you and we would love for you to pick those up as a gift from us to you. So every woman, please make yourself a flower bouquet. This was super fun celebrating today. Here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Have a beautiful day.